Arlington police say protests Monday remain generally peaceful, but say there were, quote, several agitators. Send me another unit, please. Send me another unit. A movement, I'm telling you, they're not going to stop. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. All right, welcome back to Into the Fray. Today's been a dark day. So is yesterday. I'm going to try not to get too heavy with this, but I think there are entirely too many people who have no idea the magnitude of what's happening right now. Western civilization has been a light to the world since at least the signing of the Declaration of Independence. America ushered in an age where rule of law met sovereignty of the people, met unalienable rights, and everywhere that light spread, life improved for ordinary people. When you really boil it down, there are two fundamental categories governments fall into. And trust me, we're going somewhere with this. Don't just get bored with the academic stuff. It's important. There are two fundamental categories governments fall into. Rule by decree, or fiat, and rule of law. Most of human history has been the abuses and atrocities inherent in rule by fiat. When a person or a group can govern according to their whims, when they're accountable to nothing and no one, life gets very, very bad for the average person. Rule of law provides consistency and protects the average person from the hubris of their governors. When the people are sovereign, the government serves them. I won't pretend that's been the reality in America of late, but that's our own fault for neglecting our duties as citizens. When the people are sovereign, there's no fiat ruler to order them around and abuse them. Even when the people are sovereign, though, it is rule of law that slows tyranny of the majority. Our founding fathers were terrified of democracy because they understood its true nature. Democracy is nothing more or less than tyranny of the majority. And in a democracy, a majority of the people are easily manipulated. This is why the left has drilled and drilled and drilled the word democracy into our culture. It is the rule of law combined with our declaration of unalienable rights that forbids this tyranny of the majority. We have rights and more than what's specifically listed in the Bill of Rights, that cannot be lawfully violated under any circumstance. They are unalienable. They are held inviolate. They're not up for debate. They're not up for a vote. This forbids even the rule of law from violating our basic fundamental rights. There are layers of protections built into our system of government. All this depends, of course, on our diligence in maintaining them. Now let's take a look at what's happening in Canada right now. Canada does not have the same constitution and Bill of Rights as the United States, but they are still a representative republic with a charter of rights heavily influenced by the same principles that inspired our own documents. Yesterday in Ottawa, the police action, based on the Emergency Powers Act, stopped the legislature from convening to debate the lawfulness of the Emergency Powers Act, and they declared journalism a crime. No one is permitted into the conflict zone to record or report on the actions the police are taking against the protesters on threat of arrest. Naturally, freedom is overcoming that obstacle as dozens of live streams pour out of the conflict zone, but that doesn't change the abuse of power. The bank accounts of people who donated to the protesters have been seized 
for donations that were not against the law when they were given. Think about that. People are having their bank accounts seized for doing something that was not against the law when they did it. It gets worse. Journalist Mackenzie Gray tweeted, A senior police source tells our at Graham CTV that they expect to break the back of the protest today and that some family members of convoy folks have had difficulty banking because a family member has been involved in the protest. They're going after people who aren't even involved simply because they're related to someone who is. Canada has become a police state. Maybe they already were, but it's in the open now. The rule of law has collapsed. You can be arrested and have your property seized by the government without breaking any recorded law. And they disbanded the national legislature in the middle of debating all of this. A few days ago, three excavators were parked on private property within sight of the highway. Fearing those excavators were being staged for the protest, Canadian police asked the property owner to move them far away and out of sight. Guess what? He did. Then they snuck onto the property without notice or warrant and sabotaged the three excavators. They openly admit to it. They didn't just disable the excavators, which would have been inexcusable in itself. They maliciously destroyed them. From Ezra Levant on Twitter. A few of the boys have brought out some equipment here and they parked it on private land with uh, per permission from the owner to park it here. RCMP, um, they had it parked in view of the Within view of the highway, RCMP requested that it be moved out of view of the highway, so we've obliged them. Um, after it was moved here, somebody sabotaged the equipment. There's uh, wires cut, there's filters removed, spray foam put up fuel lines. Like these things, these all three machines, they're valuable machines. Um, and it's going to take a lot of work to put them back into order. Um, I can't see that, that happening like, there's parts missing, um, parts have to be replaced. There's a lot of labor that's got to go into fixing these things before this, these, these fellows can use their, their own equipment again. Hey there. Sid, it's uh, George Suttoncoff calling you back. Yep, thank you. Uh, so I can confirm that we disabled three, looks like three excavators. Yep. Um, to prevent the equipment from being used in the illegal activity of the blockade. Uh, was there an expectation there as to how they were going to be used? Uh, I don't, I'm not sure. I've, I've got the answer for you. I'm not sure what other questions you might have with, relative to that. I wasn't part of that, uh, that planning or the execution of that, so I don't think I can comment any further than that. They've disbanded the legislature during critical debate. They've barred journalists from documenting police action. They've sabotaged private property based on mere suspicion. They've frozen bank accounts of people who broke no recorded law and gave themselves the power to do whatever they like to whomever they like. This is a coup, and it's only possible because too many people are willing to enforce it. Too many people are willing to go along to get along. I tweeted a couple of days ago, back the blue to the extent they uphold their oath to the Constitution. Perhaps Canadians should adopt their own version of that. The coup is only possible because regular police officers and regular office admins are going along with it. If enough police officers looked at the situation and said, no, this is wrong, I won't be a part of it. If enough banking administrators said, no, this is wrong, I won't be a part of it. It wouldn't happen. If there's no one to make arbitrary arrests, there are no arbitrary arrests. 
If there's no one to click the button that seizes a bank account, bank accounts don't get seized. It's called peaceful non-compliance. Do what's right. Damn the consequences. How many examples do we need of people being eased into the horrors of government tyranny, thinking that if they just keep their heads down, they'll be safe? How many times will we go along to get along until we find that there's no more going along or getting along and everyone's living in fear? Trudeau has authorized government action based on mere suspicion. This goes very dark places very fast. When the rule of law is supplanted by summary judgment based on mere suspicion, that's where kangaroo courts begin sending innocent people to prisons, gulags, and guillotines. There's a reason the Bastille was targeted specifically. Alexander Solzhenitsyn recounted the events of a beautiful young woman engaged to be married. Her boss wanted her, but she turned him down. She was engaged. To exact his revenge, he accused her to the courts, and she was charged, tried, and convicted in nearly the same breath, then sent to the gulags. She didn't even make it to the camps before terrible things began to happen to her. She was young and beautiful, after all. How easy is it to accuse someone to the government? How easy is it to just say their sympathies lie with the protesters and they said X or Y to you, when mere suspicion is the benchmark and when ordinary actions become punishable by decree. When due process is dead and buried, ordinary citizens join it soon after. In France, during the revolution of 1792 to 1793, people were guillotined by the thousands based on suspicion and accusation. And not just the wealthy people who had snubbed their nose at the regular people. No, ordinary people. Then, not long after, those who had carried out that massacre were guillotined themselves. Round after round, families torn apart. A revolving door of horror, fear, and death. There's a reason why we hold so firmly to due process. Conviction by suspicion has been the realm of the mainstream media for years now. Now, it appears it's taking hold in government as well. Anyone who's read the book Ordinary Men is familiar with how a very normal, very average group of police officers was induced to murder Jews, up close and very personally. Wholesale. All had the choice to be assigned other duties. None were threatened for refusing. People will do horrific things when they believe it's expected of them, and they don't believe they are responsible for what they're doing. Take responsibility for everything you do. Everything going on right now in Ottawa and Canada comes down to the choices made by individuals. Take responsibility for everything you do. Don't pass it along to people who told you what to do. On Twitter, I tagged the Ottawa Police Department and the Ottawa Police Association and recommended the book Ordinary Men. I had hoped someone would learn the lessons of that book before they do something they can't undo. I was too late. The protesters stood singing O Canada, and the police response was to break out their batons and apply them liberally. Then, a short time later, their mounted division trampled several people, including an elderly woman on a mobility assist device. Yes. Let's not forget what this is all about. This is all on the pretext of protecting your health. Trampling grandma is part of protecting your health. They deny hurting anyone with the horses. We have photos and video. They deny using gas. We have photos and video, including an officer shooting a journalist point-blank with a gas canister. 
a journalist. It appears the state propaganda machine hasn't caught up with the realities of modern social media because the Ottawa Police Department's Twitter account is churning it out like their life depends on it. And yet, we have the photos in the video of what's really happening. These protesters didn't come out burning and looting. No, these protesters parked themselves peacefully and asked their government to come talk to them. I watched live stream, hours of it. I saw what they were doing. I saw people being interviewed and the attitude that they had and the things that they were doing. These are good people. Meanwhile, the Ottawa Police Twitter account has kept up a stream of what appear to be outright propagandic lies, accusing the protesters of abuses and atrocities with no pictures, no videos, no supporting evidence of any kind. What plays out in Canada over the next few days and weeks will set precedent for the rest of the Western world. Trudeau can't fail. He can't be allowed to fail. If he does, it will show the world that would-be dictators can be stopped. If he succeeds, it will show the rest of the would-be dictators around the world that it's open season on their people. If Trudeau is taken down peacefully, it will deal a blow to the confidence of his peers. The idea of a global conspiracy turns most people away. It's said to be the realm of the crazies. Well then, explain this. This is an interview with Klaus Schwab from 2016, posted by Majed Nawaz on Twitter. And I have to say... Um when I mention our names, like Mrs. Merkel, um, even uh, Vladimir Putin, and so on, they all have been young global leaders of the World Economic Forum. Mm -hmm. Did you catch that? Angela Merkel, Vladimir Putin, etc. They all have been young global leaders of the World Economic Forum. Noodle on that one for a minute. But then it gets better. But... Um, what we are very proud of now is the young generation like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, um, President of, of uh, Argentina and so on, that we penetrate the cabinets. So yesterday I was at a, at a reception for Prime Minister Trudeau and I know that half of this cabinet or even more half of, uh, half of this cabinet are for our actually young global leaders of the world economic forum. Did you catch that too? He noticed that half the cabinet were young world economic forum global leaders. Oh my. It's no coincidence that the campaign slogans for so many Western leaders in these last elections, all at nearly the same time, was Build Back Better, a world economic forum slogan. Their dream is a world where we own nothing and have no privacy. They want a world where they, the elite few of Davos, control everything. The World Economic Forum tweeted this in 2016. I'm betting now they wish they hadn't. Welcome to 2030. I own nothing, have no privacy, and life has never been better. Oh yeah, that sounds like utopia, doesn't it? Today, a member of the Canadian Parliament was cut off while probing this infiltration in open debate. It's so dangerous to them, they can't even permit public discussion. This was posted by Cecil Charles. Question and contact, questions and comments, uh, the Honourable Member for Oshawa. Thank you, Mr. Speaker, and I listened to my colleague's speech. I had a constituent that wanted me to ask a question about outside interference to our democracy. 
Klaus Schwab is the head of the World Economic Forum, and he bragged how his subversive WWF World Economic Forum has quoted infiltrated governments around the world. He said that his organization had penetrated more than half of Canada's cabinet. And I was wondering, in the interest of transparency, could the member please name which cabinet ministers are on board with the WEF's agenda? My concern is the deputy. Uh, order, order, order. I, I know he was. I know that uh, the member was in a, a really good, good question there, but the the, the audio is really, really bad, and the video is really, really bad as well. Um, and I and I and I apologize. I don't know if if the member. Okay, uh, let's let's uh, let's try again. The honourable the, the, the honourable member for Timmins James Bay. Mr. Speaker, that member was promoting open disinformation that's not debate we have to call it disinformation uh, we're getting into debate again uh the honorable member uh- could you hear the panic in his voice as he cut him off poor audio quality i could hear him very clearly that topic caused immediate panic as for misinformation i played you the clip of klaus schwab publicly bragging about it over the target much for one Christina Freeland, Canada's Deputy Prime Minister and Minister of Finance, is also on the World Economic Forum's Board of Trustees. Our culture has done a really good job stigmatizing conspiracies. Turns out, not all of them are crazy. Welcome to 2030. I own nothing, have no privacy, and life has never been better. This is your World Economic Forum the place where all of the elites and world leaders come together to discuss how they want to run the world. And they do it openly. You can go watch it on YouTube. So what is it going to take to get us to this 2030 utopia? The same thing every utopia has required. Mass suffering and subjugation. Utopia is the lie used to convince people to submit. George Orwell warned, All tyrannies rule through fraud and force. Once the fraud is exposed, they must rely exclusively on force. I'd like to add to that. Once the fraud is exposed, they must rely exclusively on force. But, alternatively, once the fraud is no longer necessary, once it has allowed them to consolidate sufficient power to render the fraud unnecessary, then they revel in their use of force. In New Zealand, the government is fining people for non-compliance with COVID testing. You know, those swabs the CDC just casually admitted are being used for sequencing people's DNA, secretly and without consent? For continued non-compliance, the New Zealand government will issue a warrant for your arrest, suspend your driver's license, seize and sell your property, garnish your wages, or seize your bank account, destroy your credit, prevent you from selling your property, and or prevent you from leaving the country. Sounds like they're saying they own you. There ain't nothing you can do about it. Don't forget Australia already has concentration camps. You can call them quarantine camps all you like. They're forced internment camps that concentrate people the government wants out of regular society. In France, non-compliance means you can't go to the grocery store and buy food. And in the United States, Biden all but threatened the American people with fighter jets and nukes. I believe the essence of his comment was, try me. Judge for yourself. From C-SPAN. Never been, if you want to think you need to have weapons to take on the government, you need F-15s and maybe some nuclear weapons. If you want to stop us, 
you're going to need the same level of force we can use against you, and you don't have it. That's what he's really saying there. Would they nuke U.S. soil? Gosh, I hope not. But clearly, turning the military on the American people to force compliance is on the table. There's a protest convoy getting ready to drive from L.A. to D.C. next week. The government has already shown its willingness to occupy U.S. soil with military troops after the January 6th riot, even calling for heavy machine gun placements. How will they respond to this next protest? That probably depends on what happens to Trudeau this week. Orwell warned what happens when fraud is exposed. This isn't going to be over when the truckers are all cleared out. Right now, the focus is on Ottawa. When that's over, they have to make sure everyone knows who's in charge. If they have a victory here, they will press the advantage. It may be more subtle, but the demonstration of power won't end with Ottawa. It will spread. What happens in Canada over the next few days and weeks will set precedent for the rest of these world leaders. If Trudeau is defeated, it will show them that we're not going to go along with their scheme. It will show them that individuals are standing down and saying, No, I'm not going to follow that. I'm not going to be a part of that. It's wrong. If Trudeau succeeds, it will embolden the rest of them, and the coup in Canada will only be the first. Anybody reassuring themselves that this will all blow over and be an anecdote soon enough, and things will go back to the way they were. How's that 15 days to slow the spread working out for you? Solzhenitsyn also explained what happened to ordinary people on the other side of this. The majority sit quietly and dare to hope. Since you aren't guilty, then how can they arrest you? It's a mistake. They're already dragging you along by the collar, and you still keep on exclaiming to yourself, it's a mistake. They'll set things straight and let me out. What Solzhenitsyn learned is that it wasn't a mistake. It wasn't about guilty and not guilty. It wasn't about truth and falsehood. It wasn't about anything rational at all. It was simply about power. The difference between any tyrant's success and failure is compliance. If Canadians refuse to enforce Trudeau's corrupt orders, he's done for. That's it. The success or failure of this coup will be determined by the compliance of everyday, ordinary citizens. Till next time, be informed, stay safe, don't do anything stupid, like following the orders of a tin-pot dictator, regardless what country you live in. A quick note. While I'm working on post, guess what the Ottawa protesters are doing as the police lines advance on them? Are they preparing a line of their own? Are they distributing weapons to repel the police? Are they jeering and cursing the police? No. They're kneeling in prayer. Just thought I'd leave that with you before the closing music rolls. (laughs) 